It's all coming together. The tavern is ours. The staff is hired. The town is grateful and our name spreads. Finally, a foothold in this frozen land. It's only a matter of time before others come to join our little resistance. But in the meantime, there are other things to tend to. North or south, mysteries surround us. So let's see what we find on today's short quest, Long Rest. Dreamer and Sinar both have spent the last two weeks or so up at that elven tomb, watching the cycle of the moon as it cycles in the heavens above. On one night, manages to strike that central structure in the courtyard, and its shadow spills over one of the symbols it hadn't previously. And on that night... Sonar comes to you, Dreamer, and motions towards the tomb. There was a chamber your friends didn't explore the last they were here. I believe it is open for the evening. I always wanted to know If you should there. be so interested. I will take a look. See what's inside. So, as you enter the cool shadows of the elven tomb. Your footsteps echo in the space. There are no more small animals sheltering here, and the smell of animals is long since gone. Instead, snowdrifts have blown in through the wide entrance that have been sort of torn into the eastern wall. And as you walk through this cold place down to the south end, where there was that door that you hadn't entered before, you can see the doors emblazoned with the symbol of the moon, etched in the silvery light of moonlight. It swings open with a light push, and you find yourself staring down a small hallway at a sarcophagus, not dissimilar from the one that you had found the dead druid in. Is Sanar with me? Sanar is a few steps behind you. Though you wouldn't be able to necessarily tell without looking since they are utterly silent and don't shift or cough like another person would. I just uh, go up to the sarcophagus and check for like symbols or an epitaph or something like that. There are a few along the sides of it appears to be a prayer to the dead, written in druidic around the edges of the rim. A few different symbols, uh, you know, phases of the moon on it, but nothing that stands out to you as uh, particularly informative as to the occupants of the sarcophagus. You would recall that the previous sarcophagus that you guys opened, the lid had weighed several hundred pounds. So that's as far as my curiosity is going to take me. Get a sent a poet. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Once your curiosity about the room is abated, you leave, and several hours later, you know, the door locks shut again until the next phase of the moon opens it. You do manage to enchant your scimitar. It is now a moon-touched scimitar. And every time you swing it, there appears to be an afterimage left behind. You know, that same trail of moonlight that you had seen on the etchings of the doors within the tomb. You and Sinar are also able to spend a few days whipping up some potions together. And with their assistance, you know, helping to find the various herbs of the wood under the dense cover of the snow, manage to whip up three potions of healing and one potion of greater healing. That's nice. The journey back is rather laborious, given that Sinar walks at such a middling pace. They only move about 20 feet <laughs> versus everyone else's 30. But the slow pace does give you time to kind of absorb and reflect on nature, which you haven't... You've had opportunities to on your watches sometimes at night. And the often times that you encounter wildlife, but never so as alone as you are right now. You know, without the others to potentially disturb your meditations and only another druid to keep you company. It's kind of peaceful. Familiar and comfortable. Eventually, two weeks after the repairs began upon the White Moose, Many of you who have stayed there this entire time wake up to a tavern transformed. The space is crowded, not with debris, but with tables, with chairs around them. You know, many of them, if not new, certainly refurbished, you know, brought to a acceptable place. This is by no means a wealthy tavern that you have on your hands here. But it strikes you as the beginning of something new. Something that could, in time, grow to be as popular a place as any within Icewind Dale. It is also on that morning that you hear a sharp rap on the front door. Who answers it? Um, I think Rian probably spends a lot of time out front anyway, so I could see him going to check on it. Will somebody get that? I'm on it. I'm on it. He's, like, toiling in All the right. corner. Nice. Yeah. So, Rian will go, uh, we'll go check on the, uh, on whoever the hell it is. So, as Felgren and Shaky are having a dice game in the corner, and Shaky is kind of, you know, pointing out tricks of the trade, or miming them as best he can, and Neil is sitting at the bar with Stone having a quiet conversation and Red is in the kitchen preparing breakfast. Rian, mm -hmm. you open the door to a rather sort of doughy looking woman with a round cheerful face and a couple of scars on her arms and her hands and a mess of dark brown hair streaked with gray sort of pulled back away from her face. She smiles broadly and motions for you to come out with ink-stained fingers. This is someone you would recognize as the proprietor of the Happy Scrimshander. Oh! The shop 
that has been working on sort of mounting the white moose's head. Excellent. Her name is Iriskri Harrowhill. Iriskri Harrowhill. Oh, Iriskri. There you are. Ah, excellent. Okay, yeah. And I think he'll step outside. They're like, are we all done? Oh, yeah. It's so good to see ya. I, uh, you know, just finished up the head this morning, but I can't move it myself. I need your uh, help. Oh, no problem. Absolutely. I will, uh, like, uh, I think he'll yell to the back. Be like, Kralik! Kralik, I need a hand! I right, am coming, I'm coming. Kralik will go outside. Yep. Alright. And the pair of you tramp your way northward along the shore of Merduladon through the streets, which, though dark, are illuminated with lantern light and people are out and about. They seem to have settled into a day-night cycle, even though the sun never rises. Iriskri leads you to the happy Scrimshander. And instead of entering through the front door, she takes you around to a wide-doored shed in the back. One that, as you enter, you can see that the walls are thick and obviously insulated. And the workshop, though small, is actually pretty warm. There's a small brazier in the corner, tossing off light and heat. There are multiple tables, each of them sort of, you know, scattered with different mounts and different stages of either repair or construction. Someone has shot a rather fat raccoon with an arrow, and the arrow has been left inside of this animal as it is being mounted. There is a very, very large knucklehead trout that, though not yet sort of put onto a backing for the mount, appears to have been stuffed and is sort of shaped as if it were trying to bite whoever is looking at it. But in the far back of this workshop, taking up an entire third of the back of it, is a long, low table upon which sits the mounted head of the white moose. The tines curve upward towards the ceiling, each of them as sharp and deadly as the day you killed it two weeks ago. Oh, look at that. I... Oh, she's a beauty, isn't it, Crabby? I, I like it. <laughs> oh, it's going to look so good. Everybody's going to come from miles around to see this. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. This will be, this will be at our centerpiece. This will be the uniting thing that brings people together. It's a dead moose head. Irsky kind of gives Rian a look and then meets your eyes, Kralik, and almost blanches a little. What can I say? I'm a dreamer. I mean, not dreamer, but I'm I'm a dreamer. Yeah, you know, I thought that was the, uh, the other one. I, it is. It is. It, it was more of a metaphorical thing, not, uh, not specifically that I, I, never mind, it looks fantastic. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Irsky is just beaming from ear to ear. So, uh, if you want to grab the other end of that, I'm going to lift this side. Oh, I mean, me and Krellick can take most of it, but if you, I mean, if you want to do half of it, that's that's fine. I was say, that's why I brought him along. I figured I'd get one end, he'd get the other end, but... Oh, well, you know, I really insist. Oh, hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare step in your way. Krellick, you want to get the other side? I, I'll get the other side. Don't want you to hurt yourself. He just kind of... I, I appreciate that. nudges him and grabs the other side. <laughs> Alright. And as the trio of you start trekking back towards the ramshackle, now renamed the White Moose, 
Iriskri just keeps up this constant chatter about her work and is talking a little louder than you would probably expect for someone who's talking to just the pair of you next to her. However, it only takes a couple of houses for you to realize why she might be speaking so loudly. You can see some of the homes where people haven't yet left for their various jobs through town. Heads are poking out of the windows to see what is the source of noise in this hulking shape moving oh, through the street. Oh, I nice. did it. And by the time that you get down to the White Moose, there is now a gaggle of people sort of trailing after you, each of them remarking on the now-mounted head of the moose, as Iriskri is sort of beaming proudly and explaining to both of you, without ever really looking at you, so it's obviously she's just talking to talk. Yeah. Explaining all the steps that went into mounting this thing. Yeah, I think Rian oh, plays yeah. it up too and does the same thing. Yeah. Just oh, like, I it's such a wonderful job. I it is the best work I've ever seen. You know, I I used to be much of a sailor. Scrimshander was you know it was something wonderful to have. We always made sure that bows of ships and everything were done. But this is some of the best work. Like getting louder. The this is some of the best work I have ever seen in my life. Work of art, I tell ya. Yeah, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You gotta make sure that you're not gonna ruin the animal's hide before you go and do it. And you really want to preserve the skeleton underneath. So, you know, some of the finer bones, you gotta be really delicate with. Aye, it's obvious you painstakingly took the time to make this one of the best things you've ever done. That's perfect. Perfection. Nothing could be more perfect. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> oh, I, 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 you like it? They, 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 they seem like they're eating it. <laughs> so it is this this shouting trio and their parade that re-enter the white moose with the head in tow. And you can hear the chatter of people, those of you who are still inside, coming down the hallway, still following the moose. And after a moment, Red comes barreling in from the kitchen. What's making all that racket? Holy shite! <laughs> and Neil doesn't even, like, say anything to them. Just thrusts a hand towards the door, and you can feel and see a gust of wind carrying little bits of debris, you know, a little bit of dust from the floor, slam into the door and shut it in Red's face. Nice. Thank you, Neil. As, that. Uh, oh, well, you know, I, uh, we got customers to take care of. Hey, that's why you're the best. Neil gives you a, a wink, and as people are shuffling in, still following the moose, starts greeting them and seeing them to tables, at which at first many of them are confused at, but on catching the scent of Red's cooking wafting into the room, no doubt on some air current that Neil is controlling, many of them are sitting down and grumbling about not having had breakfast because they were lured out of their houses <laughs> so early. Nice. Uh, it begins. Yes. Though technically we were trying not to steal the locals, but uh, fuck it. In for a dime, in for a dollar. It's fate. In for a gold, in for a platinum. Acrylic and Rian, working together with, you know, a couple of ladders and the good-natured assistance of some of the locals, managed to mount the moose's head on the eastern wall, looking out over the room, illuminated from below by that stone fire pit. It is almost a, a little eerie. The light flickering in the flames illuminates in the eyes, almost making them seem alive again. As this 
massive beast stares down from above with those threatening tines pointing towards the ceiling. Takes me back to that day. This thing is just as scary here as it was then. I am. I. It's awesome. It is pretty amazing. <laughs> scary, but amazing. I think it's really going to tie the room together. Oh, I. Like, grin! Everyone! I think he's like yelling for the whole place. He's like, come take a look! Look at this! Well, look at that. I. What is that? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's spooky, but. But damn, it looks good. Really ties the room together. That's what I said. It's exactly what I said. <laughs> You're right. Oh, man, this feels like it's something, something new, something really like the next step in something special. It's the beginning. We'll turn it, it into something. The white moose. The white moose. Uh, we have customers. We do have customers. Surprisingly enough. I know, you should have some of this food. That, the, he's ordinary as hell, but the, the, the dragonborn we got working in the kitchen, oh my god, he can war whip up something good. It's amazing how good his food is. Just try, don't make eye contact and don't talk to him. <laughs> but his food smells like this. But we got to be best fucking friends. I mean, you can try. <clears throat> I, more power to you. You might be able to get to your little ornery sometimes yourself. So. I'm not ornery. I'm uh, a little. Just I'm not saying you're always ornery. I mean, just, just when the sun's up. I am. Wounds out, I guess. Point is, <sighs> point is, he'll probably like you. Or maybe not. Oh, well. Only one way to find out. Have you guys met the rest of the all the all the folks that Stone brought on to us? They're, they are fantastic. Mm, I've made my way around. So, speaking of making way around, you go ahead and, uh, Shoot the shit! I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet some of our customers. You know, chat them up a little bit. And I think at that point he kind of goes and just makes the rounds a little bit, just kind of telling stories. I think that's kind of what he does. He like walks around to the different tables and stuff, then like <laughs> tell stories. Be like, "Ah, Rian, Rian Stormlight, proprietor of this place. Uh, be like along with the rest of us, uh, us delivers." Da 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 da. Then goes on like, be like, "Let me tell you." About the time we fought the Frost Lich upon the top of Kelvin's Cairn. And then just <laughs> launches into a story, trying to rapture pe rapture people. <laughs> it's funny, because as you're doing that, Miri is off under the mounted head of the White Moose. And a couple of the, the younger people in town that had sort of gotten up and followed the parade have gathered around her. And she is being pampered. Up the wazoo. Nice. Mm -hmm. There are easily a dozen small hands sort of like touching her scales and a couple of them are playing with her wings. And one kid, I guess, pinches too hard and she yelps and kind of jerks up her wing really quick. Yeah, scares shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, knocks this kid over and she very hastily like, oh, no, 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 no. Nice. Tries to pick him back up with her clawed hands. Nice. Be like, All right. Easy on the... He's not my daughter over there. Don't get too rough. She's still my sweetie pie. You'll answer to me. Hello, friends. Dreamer here. It's time to explore the world, but you just need a few supplies to get started. Our friends at redtrapgames.com have what you need at a reasonable price, whether you're an explorer or the guide for adventures. They carry dice, maps, minis, and even books to aid your adventure. 
If you use the code SQLR21 at checkout, you can get 10% off your purchase. That's more money to spend on potions. Or mechanical goldfish. Following the breakfast in which you had so many people organically coming to your place, by no means allured by the promise of getting a closer look at that moose head or the uh, new tavern that has opened in town. Over the next couple days, business starts to swell from the township. As word spreads among the hunters and the fishermen and the loggers here, that there's finally a place to rival the Lucky Liar. It seems to attract people more is the vibrancy of what you've built. Because while the you know, construction is rather simple fare, and even the food is, you know, certainly not gourmet, but well-made. Obviously created with passion. And it's that passion that each of your staff has, that each of you have, that really starts to bring in more clientele. There isn't a morning that goes by that doesn't have at least half the tables in the place full. And in the evenings, a number of folks come in, greeted warmly by Neil, who you find out in this time plays a really mean flute. Ooh. Excellent. You also witness in this time the rare occasions where their innate magic comes handy, especially when it comes to controlling red. <laughs> On the third morning of the uh, the breakfast rush, red comes hurtling out of the kitchen, you know, swearing up and down about something that he must have dropped on the floor or, you know, maybe found broken. Not entirely clear on the specifics. He never really got into it with anyone. And those of you nearest witness Neil with a quick flutter of the flute cast something and immediately see Red start to calm down. Give Neil a knowing look. You know, a bit of frustration in his eyes and march right back to the kitchen. <laughs> Very nice. So things seem well in hand. Love it. And as the days stretch on into now about halfway through your third week in the sort of rest period of building and getting yourselves settled, rumors start to reach you through your new staff. Some of them you know already. There's a growing goblin presence to the east. There are monsters wandering the night. Presumably followers of Arl. There's something dwelling in the lake that purportedly ate a man whole. Though, you can put some of that rumor to rest. Yeah, wasn't whole. Just a leg. And again, Neil mentions this dark cabin. Having asked around a bit with some of the locals, eventually they come to you, Rian. Ah, uh, I found out a little more about that cabin I was speaking of a few days ago. Oh, really? What'd you learn? I learned, and they start to unfold a map onto the bar top that they take out from, you know, one sleeve of their skirt. Seem to have a leather satchel hanging there. 
unfolds and unfolds and unfolds and you can see as it spreads this is an incredibly detailed map that this person carries with them presumably just a barmaid little sections of it scribbled with very tight little notes that are hard to read they point to a section of the map probably no more than 10 miles past the northern edge of the lonely wood from what I understand, it should be about here. And then strangely, and their fingers walk across the paper towards the northwest coast. You hear rumors of another abandoned structure out this way, but it doesn't seem to be anything anyone's visited. Not recently, anyway, no one that'll really talk about it. Presumably, there might be two cabins up there worth checking out. Interesting. Very good. Very good. This is great information. I greatly appreciate you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, was there anything else you needed? Uh, no, no, you are, uh, you all are doing such an amazing job here. And say I am, uh, I'm beside myself with how, how fantastic Stone did as far as bringing you all together here. Say so you are, you are quite, uh, quite the group. And Stone, hearing this from behind the bar, just kind of grunts and continues uh, preparing plates sort of helping Neil with that so Red doesn't have to come out and bother anyone. Aye, this is the place. Yeah, someday, when I have my own ship dock right across the way there, it's going to be my dock. This will be our place. Ah, love it. So you guys have a another potential location to explore. Yep. Which is very interesting. So yeah, it's not that far north. No, it's not. Man, it's almost, it's its tempting to head that way just because it's there and we're going to have to move, like, if we go back to Bryn Shander, it's pretty much the same distance down to Bryn Shander and then we got to double back, but what's everybody think? Everybody want to hit up Bryn Shander first or do we want to head north? Like, what, uh, what do we got going on here? What's everybody feeling? That mark there at the edge, that's the first cabin? I think that's the second one they said, because yeah. you said it was out. That's the second yeah, one. that was out right, by yeah, the coast. Yeah, northeast coast. Yeah, because yeah. it's out there. And then yeah, the so other one, one is... Where's yeah, the other one? Yeah, this is the weather guy, I think. Oh, yeah. straight north. The green marker on there is, is the weather yeah. one. So that, I mean, that's probably like... It's only, honestly, it seems like a lot, but these are probably only a few hours walk apiece. Like, because um, we do four miles per hour hiking, right? So well, you said it was only like across. ten miles out there. We're going across, across well, it's rough terrain. Roughly ten miles north of the Lonely Wood for the uh, for the first cabin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me actually let me actually get that more accurately measured out. Oh yeah, it'd be up here. Oh shit. Well, it's considerably further. Yeah, but honestly, it's it looks further. But we were already assuming it was ten miles. That's just where it looked like from where we were thinking. So. It looks like it's way the hell up there, but really, I mean, this isn't like the Ragged Glacier where it is just fucking like 60 miles across fucking rough terrain. It's like 10 miles across rough terrain. Yeah, the Ragged Ragged Glacier from Kerr Koenig, you know, if you're sticking to the river, which would be easier travel, Mm -hmm. it's easily... It's like probably 30 miles. 30 miles to the, uh, the edge of the glacier. Yeah, this is considerably less of a, a craziness but even so yeah you did i think you're right a rough, a rough train what we can do actually two miles per hour i think is that what it was i believe so let's let's pull that open 
On foot, you, I think you guys have snowshoes, so it's half a mile per hour. Yes. Or quarter mile per No, okay, the overland travel. There it is. Because mountain travels the quarter mile per hour. Okay, so half a mile per hour. So, shit, that's like a two-day journey, then. Yep. To where? Because that's... If we that cabin. Either, I mean, yeah. to that first cabin, and then probably another half-day journey up to the second cabin. Or another day journey up to the second cabin, and another three days back. What, up north? Yeah. Okay. If we were to go that way. And the package we need to deliver, the last one, is Rugged Glacier? Oh, yeah, but that yeah. we we had kind of decided. I mean, we hadn't 100% decided, but we were thinking about taking that to Bryn Shander and just being like, fuck it, we quit. Yeah, that one is 30 miles as the crow flies to even just the edge of it, and then you have to find your uh, <laughs> recipient. Yeah, if we were to do that, I, I mean, I would almost say that we'd come back down to Bryn Shander and then come back up to Caradenaval, then Karakonig, and then head out. If we go back to Bryn Shander, we can ask about the dogs from the deliverers. We could. Or like that's, that's another thing. Help. We could go there. Trying to get some dogs at some point, and then be able to hit these these far off areas with dog sleds instead. Yeah, make it much easier for us. Well, we can't ask for dogs and then be like, we're not going to deliver this. No, you're right. That's <laughs> it's kind of an either or. But but it, if we do get dogs, I'm then I'm not so worried about going out to the Ragged Glacier. That's like our big thing. Like is going out to the Ragged Glacier. If we have dogs, still still scary, but doable. Not yeah. having dogs, we might as well just fucking... Well, then let's go to Bryn Shander. Okay, sounds good to me. All right. So we're not doing cool with the that? cabins? I think we can come back for them. Like, yeah, after we, we get some dogs and stuff, then we can come back for them. Or head out, maybe to deliver our thing to the Ragged Glacier, then come back to the cabins. Yeah, I we think could they'll leave still it, be there. We could leave it with, um, with our crew here at the White Moose to, like... Keep an ear out for rumors about the cabins up north. That's true. Like oh, further yeah. rumors. Give us a little more information as far as that goes. See if anybody yeah. heads up there. Yeah. See so if anyone gets them in contact it, with them. Keep an ear out for dragon news. Yeah. Yeah. That dragon too. news and and steel forges. Sounds like a plan. Yep. Yep. If yep. everyone's in agreement. Yeah. Anybody? Yep. Uh, okay. Cool. Let's hit it. Okay. All right. So striking out towards the uh, towards the south now. Yep. Heading back through Tourmaline mm -hmm. onto Targos and Bryn Shander. Yeah, before they leave, though, Davini will make sure that... Loata? Louta will have um, everything she needs for just, like, basic, basic repairs. Because that's what Kralik and Davini have been trying to teach her, is just, like, the basics of smithing. Yeah, fixing shit around there mm -hmm. type thing. Makes but sense at starting off. The more the weapons and, and armor type deal that that's more Kralik and Tavini. I like yeah, it. As long as she can repair their axes and stuff. So we're gonna go over the ratios with Shaky again. It's seventy <laughs> thirty. They can't always lose. There you go. <laughs> I like it. It's seventy thirty. They can't always. That's lose. right. They gotta keep coming back. If they see people winning, they'll come back gotta keep coming back. He just gives them a thumbs up. Which is returned. <laughs> almost perfectly mirrored. <laughs> and then he'll, uh, he'll join the rest. Alright. Yeah, I think he'll give uh, Rian will give a pep talk to the the crew stone essentially just be like, well, we're gonna be heading out again. Um, I'm sure we'll be back here for too long. I 
I'm, you've proven yourself, and I know this place is in capable hands, so, yeah, do us proud, and, and everybody, I'm sure everybody gave their little orders as far as, like, if they hear anything, you know, keep an eye out for, but, like, yeah, so keep an eye out for the, if you hear about any steel forges, dragons, cabins, or anything to do with, uh, uh, Miss Frosty Pants up north. Yeah, we can, uh, we can keep an eye out for that. Aye. Perfect. I, I can, uh, contact you via ascending every few days, if, if that is good. Yeah, you know, uh, keep us up to speed with how things are going with you, and if we have an opportunity to do the same, we'll let you know. Uh, yes. We'll also keep an eye on, uh, you know, the proprietress over at the Lucky Liar. Aye, it's probably uh, wise. Good luck with her. Yep, sorry about that. Shaky might, uh, yeah, no worries. Shaky has good insights on her, and, you know, it's all about finding the right words with, with him, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe we could, uh, uh purchase... Uh, alcohol from her? It's actually not a bad idea. I could make uh, things a little loose if she becomes mainly our supplier. At least she still gets paid, either way. Uh, it's very yes. wise. Keep that in mind. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, man, I'm almost, I almost feel like we need to stop by on the way out and talk to her, but we got shit to do, so. Up to you? Um, I think we let it yeah, we'll let that one be. Yeah. Let I think it it's a little soon. <laughs> yeah, if we show up and be like, hey, you know, I know we're kicking your ass right now, but don't worry, big guy, it'll turn around. Yeah, that's not a conversation I want to have. Exactly, not yet. <laughs> we'll come back a little later. You know, yeah. Maybe next time we're in the area and just be like, hey, so this is what's up. Unless, unless somebody else here wants to have that talk. Nope. Okay. No? Well, Lando, how about you? Nope, I'm good. All right. Oh All right. god! Nope. Oh god! You guys send Dreamer to talk her down. <laughs> send hey, send Dreamer and Tavini. He's very. I say he actually has good charisma. He's remarkably calm, so that's good. That's true. He's had to pick something up from Felgren at some point. Oh, was that a practice roll? Yeah, nine for persuasion. Yeah. Unfortun yeah. Unfortunately, it would probably be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so no, I say we're good for right now. We'll let that one roll a little bit, and like I said, we're in really good hands right now. I feel like if she sent some shit after these guys, they're not going down without a fight. Like they, they, I feel like anybody who shows up at our place to like cause some trouble has a lot of fucking shit on their plate <laughs> to deal with. Like I feel yeah. like this group is gonna handle some shit. So, so that's perfect. Like I say we, I say we head out, and you know, and if something goes wrong, they can. We're gonna be checking in every couple days, anyways. So, so let's. Uh, yeah. let's... Nice little, uh, nice little side squi sidekick squad. Mm -hmm. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So let's let's get on the road. All right. So, what I will ask is, is there anything you want to do while you're in Termalane? Uh, not that I can think of. Nope. <laughs> All right. So you pass through the town of Termalane rather quickly. Seeing the lights glinting in the buildings on either side of you in the streets, a couple people that pass by you in the dark recognize the party. 
but no one stops you. And there's a general air of welcome in everyone that sees you. You know, you are the folks who gave them their jobs back, who were enabled them to go back into the mines. And while well, a ma- miner's life is rough work, well, at least it is work. Something to keep their minds off the bitter cold. Mm-hmm. You travel still further south and are about midway between Tourmaline and Targos when it comes time to settle in and set up a camp to rest for a couple of hours. In the chill of the wind coming off the lake, the skies are impressively clear. You can see stars dotting the heavens beyond the aurora painted across the sky. And its shimmering color is reflected in the snow that surrounds you in all directions, fading into darkness beyond your vision. I will ask, who is taking first watch? Um, Krellick? Well, he doesn't have any problem with it. Go! So, Krellick, if you would like to roll me perception. Could I... Can I step in right quick? Sure, what you got? Yeah, sure. I'm level six now. And you have something for us, don't you? I do have something for you. Before we settle in, I pinch a point in the air and then pull a shadow around where we're setting up. Ooh. To my understanding, this is the, the hearth of moon and shadow? Yes. Yeah. All right. As you pinch a bit of darkness at the edge of the camp and start to walk your way around it, a curtain of dark light sort of follows you. That's awesome. And it's very strange because as it seems to settle into place behind you as as you pass, those of you who remain inside the camp can see out through it as if nothing has happened. Yet experimentally, first one of you steps outside the ring of whatever Dreamer is doing. And looking back at the camp where you guys have a blazing fire, you cannot see the light from that fire. You can see the dim shapes of the people in the camp that you recognize moving about. But it isn't until you step back over that threshold into the camp that that firelight becomes visible again. You could stand at the border and lean in and out, in and out, and see campfire there, campfire gone, campfire there, campfire gone. Camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. <laughs> Tavini does that. Next. She leans now look in at your and back. out. Now back to me. Now back to you. <laughs> it's very strange because, you know, those of you who are next to the campfire are looking out at Tavini at the edge of whatever dreamer has wrought. And as she leans forward, her face is illuminated with firelight. But as she leans back, the firelight gutters out in front of her face, as if suddenly extinguished. Yet it continues to blaze brightly right beside you. She does this a couple of times, looking like a small spectral face appearing out of the darkness mm. and then disappearing again. You're creeping me out. Ah, <laughs> uh, s- uh, s- sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. That's interesting. It's a new, uh, new trick you got there, Dreamer. People can't see us here, huh? We are much safer now. I like it. 
little bit of little bit of fey magic, dreamer. Is that what it is? It certainly has the feel of it. It is just something I started practicing with my time at the Sanar. Interesting. I mean, in that explanation, that name definitely has a fey sound to it. Oh, the, gl- the the gloaming cord is is fair. yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's something that he would have maybe not seen specifically, but it it's got that feel with the shadows and the mm-hmm. yeah, know. it's very oh very yeah. Fey. No, it is. It certainly has a a familiar taste to you, Felgren. It's a bit of flair too. You know, it's just kind of like pulling it out of nothing, which is uh, awesome. Uh, it's a very cool ability. I love the Hearth of Moon and Shadow. Mm-hmm. Listeners, you should play this yeah. druid because it's awesome. <laughs> so, in addition to creating a point, a uh, 30-foot radius, from which light uh, cannot exit, you also, those of you who are within the sphere, have a plus 5 bonus to your stealth checks. And a plus five bonus to your perception checks for when you're on watch. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Both aesthetically cool and very useful. Absolutely. I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. I love new I love new toys. I love new leveling up when you get new toys. So much fun. So back to our first watchman. Mm-hmm. Krellick, if you would be so kind as to give me a perception check and add that five on there. So, 24? 19. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 24. Yeah, so in the dark of the night, whatever magic Dreamer has wrought, it almost seems to make your eyes sharper in the darkness. You're able to see farther than even a dwarf of your years should be able to. And you can catch little shimmers of color when normally your vision is grayscale in the night. Nothing bothers you in your sleep. Or, well, the other sleep, I should say. But you do distantly see a very large, lumbering shape pass, almost traveling parallel to the road, but just beyond the edges of your ability to identify it, heading southward. You could get closer and try and get a better look if you wanted. That's entirely up to you. Uh, how far would I have to go to get a better look? It is probably about 120 feet out beyond the edges of the campfire. You're able to see its vague shape in the moonlight and the light from the aurora, but not quite able to identify it. So Carlick will move like 25 30 feet closer, see if he can see it, but he's not going to go too far from the camp. Leave everyone exposed. Alright. You edge a little closer, and the shape is still indistinct. You could tell that it is four-legged, ambling along, seemingly as if it looks as though someone is mounted upon its back. Interesting. It's still difficult to make out. You will have to get close enough for your dark vision to be able to catch full sight Krellick's going to try to take, scoop up some snow and throw it at Rian to wake him up. <laughs> yeah, it, easy enough. You scoop some snow into a loose snowball and uh, are you chucking it overhand or lobbing it underhand? Uh, he's going to lob it. He doesn't want to 
the thing to break apart when he throws it. <laughs> so you uh, arc it gently towards Rian, and a couple little bits of snow kind of fall away from it. But the majority of it lands home, splattering across his face in his bedroll. He's gonna kind of put a finger over his mouth. But what? What? Quiet. We're being we're being quiet now. What? What the fuck, credit? He's just gonna motion with his hands out really wide, like something big, and then he's gonna go take a look. Dude. Okay. Okay. And he like Rian gets up and wipes his face off and. Like, I guess, kind of readies his swords and steps out into the the dome himself, like, watching Krellick go, but also watching and kind of keeping a bit behind him, but, you know, keeping with him a bit, like, to, you know, trying to keep an eye on the camp while keeping an eye on him so he's not alone. And knowing this is a bad idea, but he's just too curious not to, so... Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So he's going to get as close as he can to try to get a look. All right. Stealthing in your plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you could give me a stealth check. Son of a... <laughs> six is good, right? Nice. Yeah, six is great. Sweet. You and it's are... at disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, so proud of your ability to sneak through the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you creep closer upon this creature, you're now about 70 feet away, just starting to be able to make out the very wide head with its round ears on either side, the broad, scarred muzzle, the massive rolling shoulders, every paw slapping down into the snow with a step the muscles under the fur shaking, and not a person seated upon its back. Instead, jagged icicles emerge from the fur around its collar. You can faintly see the aurora catching in these uh, ice structures and shattering like a prism in different directions. The beast lifts its head, an ursine head, Oh, a bear's head uh, and sniffs the air it is easily twice as large as the polar bears you once fuck. faced and you can see in the darkness the glint of curiosity in its eye continues to sniff the air as you are presumably upwind of it having picked the wrong direction to approach from in your sixth south in your sixth stealth check the massive beast rounds on you its head swinging low and cautious and starts to lumber your direction i'm so do? scared ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is fate giving you a second chance i know but it's so scary <laughs> It's just gonna murder yes. you. It's the fine. bear starts to lumber into a run. Its muscles working. Uh, I come in peace. There you go. That'll do. I don't know. Your words have no effect as it continues to charge, gaining momentum. Snow now flying up from beneath its paws. Uh, 
It is barreling towards you. Oh, shit. I can see this, right? Krillik's gonna start tossing oh, okay. rations in random directions. <laughs> nice. Be like, are you are you moving anywhere? Uh, not yet. Okay, you are still about seventy feet away from the rest of the party, as this thing's jaws open wide into an ear-shattering roar that pierces the night and shakes all of you from your sleep. Mm-hmm.